Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. I'm here with uh, Ryan and Andy of Franklin College. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Doing great. Can't complain. Awesome. Um, so just to get the ball rolling, um, if, if you guys each want to give me 90 seconds of uh, your swimming background, how you got into the sport, how you're involved now. Um, Andy, maybe we can start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Andy Hendricks, I'm the head coach of the men's and women's program here at Franklin. We're a, a, a Division three program in the NCAA and right outside of Indianapolis, so right in the heart of, of uh, swimming world. Um, I, you know, I've swam all my life, was a multi-sport athlete growing up. I started swimming competitively when I was six. Uh, my mom got me involved, so I have great memories of club swimming as a, as a, as a child, um, followed my older brother around and, you know, was anxious to beat him. And, uh, that just developed, you know, a competitive spirit in me over time. And, um, swimming was, I played a lot of sports, but swimming was always part of my life and, uh, enjoyed it immensely swam, um, you know, all the way up through the levels and, um, had a lot of success as an age grouper and, but I, after college went, and I went to IU, uh, after college I went to work in the, the Fortune 500 and worked in uh, several capacities and then kind of found, I, I always say swimming kind of found me again. I was not looking um, to, to become a swim coach quite frankly. And uh, I was living in Franklin uh, with my family and it just kind of magically worked out. The athletic director and president at Franklin College as well as the a local high school swimming coach knew of my background in the sport a little bit and asked me if I wanted to start a collegiate swim program. That's how it this all began. And, and I joke because I think the first one or two times I think I said no, because uh, as as all of you look watching right now know the dedication that we all have to this sport and what it takes to be successful. Um, I don't think at the time I thought I could invest all that, but the stars and moons aligned. It's been great ever since. We just finished our 11th year and uh, we've had a lot of great times and good success in a short amount of time. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, so I mean, so uh, Coach Hendricks kind of nailed everything down about Franklin. So for me, I'm from Queens, New York. Uh, I started swimming competitively with uh, LaGuardia, Twisters, little plug back there. Um, and I, that was around, I was 14, 15 at the time, swam throughout high school. Uh, then I swam at Adelphi University for four years, um, D2 school up in New York. And then I graduated there in 2018. I went on to get my master's in exercise science last year, actually, uh, before I came to Franklin this year. Uh, so I graduated with that degree in 2019. And then uh, I was not done with swimming. The swimming bug still had me. I needed to be around the sport in some capacity. I wasn't swimming anymore. I was kind of lost for a bit, right? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into the uh, the uh, health field kind of, but right now uh, I'm really kind of in love with swimming. I still want to be around that. So um, I reached out to Coach Hendricks and uh, thankfully he liked me a little bit at least. And uh, he took me out to Franklin and uh, it's been a great year. Um, I'm really enjoying the campus. The, the uh, whole community, even outside of swimming, outside of the school itself, you know, Franklin's great. So um, for me, being a New York City kid coming out to Franklin, uh, it was definitely a bit of a culture shock at first, for sure. Uh, but it's great. And I've loved every minute of it. Nice. 
So, so take me through you guys' uh, previous season at Franklin. You know, what um, the ups and downs, how you kind of finished your season and how this, this quarantine period kind of blended with your postseason, if it did. Well, I guess I'll start and let Ryan um, kind of add on. Uh, first of all, you know, bringing Ryan on board was a big step for us because of his energy and passion. He made a, an immediate difference. And for the first time, I felt like, um, you know, we were kind of singing from the same hymn book, as they say, and uh, was able to make a difference with our athletes. So for, for several years, you know, I was running the program, you know, basically solo, which is not uncommon in, in a lot of division three programs, both in swimming and in other sports. Um, we were very excited about the season. We were coming off of two conference championships, both the men and the women from the previous year. And of course our goal was to defend those titles. Um, our men had won, six straight conference championships. We had switched conferences in the middle there. Uh, our women had won four straight at the time. And we were on a three-year winning streak of undefeated seasons on our women's team too. I mean, we hadn't lost a swim meet in three years, a dual meet. So, you know, of course our goals all included that, you know, all included that level of success, uh, getting back to nationals. We, in enrollment... Enrollment wise, you know, we were the smallest institution represented at nationals. Um, I think the next smallest institution might have been the Coast Guard, Coast Guard. Um, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, just how, how big are you guys? We ride around a thousand students. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, you know, going to nationals is a, is a, is a big deal. And we not only wanted to go, we wanted to compete. And, and, and last year, we, we sent five, five swimmers um, to, to D3s last year down in Greensboro. And this year, we were very determined to get those five back and then add some others. And um, we were successful, and we were, gonna, we were taking um, five again, four females and a male uh, had qualified this year. And I think that way we the way we did it as well as we didn't you know quite rest the same going into conference you know we were we were holding some back for nationals and um we were excited because we had been there done that this group of young women were now juniors they were there the year before um that some of those nerves were were more settled um and we were swimming fast i mean the practice the week before and i serve on the ncaa committee so I, of course, am in all those discussions as we were deciding, are we going to have this or not? You know, we're, as a committee, we're sitting there and planning everything and contingencies and what's this going to look like. And so I'm having that conversation on one side as administrator. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, man, I've got these young women and this young man that, that you know, are really wanting to go. And we know they, they have a big chance here. So when that happened, it of course was um, it was devastating. I mean, it was devastating for them. I felt I, I, you know, for me, it's all about the personal side of this. I mean, we get very connected to our student athletes, and you know, lifelong lifelong relationships. You know, I've been in several weddings of my swimmers. I, you know, I've I've seen them have their own children themselves, and and those moments are wonderful. 
so to get so connected with them and then to see this happen, it, it was tough. It was tough. And a couple of them have recently written some reflective statements um, as a kind of human interest, um, uh, I guess, call it a, just a writing sample for our, our own website here on campus. And to read some of those statements now, um, it really kind of gets to you a little bit because of what they of what they knew they could accomplish and 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 as I say, you know, memories that'll never be made, right? You can't get those back. And I and and the, I will say the blessing for us is that we did get a full season, other than that, versus the spring sports, and um, you know, none of them were seniors. So you know, our group can all come back. And, you know, God willing, we all get to, but, uh, uh, it's, it's, we had a great year, wonderful year. And, uh, we hope that we can then springboard, uh, you know, on that next year. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of just in the same token there, it, it was a great year. I mean, two conference championships, um, one that essentially came down to the last day on, uh, the men's side. So it was uh, great to be a part of that and great to kind of see people kind of go through adversity in a meet like that. Um, so as far as that was, it was great. But uh, then in terms of going into nationals, you know, we kept getting faster and faster. The ladies were just, I mean, they were really kind of uh, picking up on that kind of fast speed training that we were kind of getting into just because we had that short period of time between a taper and another meet. Um, so we were really trying to keep the speed up and I mean, things were getting fast. So uh, our minds were only thinking what could happen next week, you know, hopefully this happens. And um, we were, I mean, as the world was starting to kind of take place with everything, we kind of were kind of figuring out, well, what are the chances that there's no spectators? And then that was announced and then, all right, well, we're going to go, but there's no spectators. Uh, and then we kind of asked the girls like, Oh, well, like, what do you guys think about, no spectators and they were like, oh it's fine just let's just swim like let's just do it um but then obviously things kind of went downhill from there and i mean it's tough because what do you say right there's nothing that you can say it's just oh well it i mean it sucks right like you just couldn't get to do it and it's out of everyone's hands uh but i guess on the bright side like coach was kind of um alluding to that they're all coming back next year and we all have the ability to do it again and just know that there's more work to be done um, and that nothing changes. Right. So I'm just kind of looking forward to next year, really. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. So looking forward to next year, um, you know, as a D we get the perspective of like, you know, your, your typical D one power five schools, yep. Um, you know, as a D3 school, what, what, what is next year looking like, I guess, in a myriad of different ways, you know, it's like a, a typical D1 school, they're dependent on football. And if football doesn't happen in the fall, you know, it's like the dominoes start falling. Like, what does that look like for you guys being a D3 school of a thousand students? Well, it's a, it's a great question. I think that, and we, and we are, you know, I sitting on as a cabinet member here uh, is kind of a, obviously a unique thing. I mean, obviously there aren't a lot of swimming coaches who are sitting on the cabinets of their respective schools. So I do have a little unique perspective in that regard. And I'm in those conversations every day. And we went out with a statement today to all of our students, our prospective students, our families, our faculty and staff from our president, a video message with, with our intent to come back. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we have every intent on being back in the fall. Um, 
you know, but we're going to rely on, on the professionals here uh, locally, uh, both in Indianapolis and here at Johnson Memorial Health, which is um, the local hospital, uh, you know, with, with whom we have a, a relationship. We're going to rely on them for their advice and their direction uh, in, in the end, but we, we fully intend to be here. I will say what I've learned, because like I said, I'm an IU guy, you know, props to Coach Luce, his group. I mean, they're awesome. Love IU. But, uh, you know, I think what makes us so unique is that we, and in, especially at a, at a smaller Division three, we are tuition dependent and enrollment dependent, meaning that our athletics are integral to building our enrollment. In other words, you would have a lot of institutions like ours that probably wouldn't exist without that, without athletics. So, you know, on our campus, 35% of to 40% sometimes of students are athletes. So in our case, we need it and we uh, are anxious to get back on campus and have that. So with that said, we are looking at every contingency from, you know, again, and now serving as an athletic director too, you know, I'm sitting in the conference, the conference conference calls, right? So the, the, uh, we're, we're part of the HCAC, the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference. And we're seeing those calls with, and talking about, well, what is this going to look like? You know, is, are we going to have fall football and fall sports? Does that calendar get pushed? You know, that we still have it, but maybe it starts later. Um, all of those things are up in the air right now, but um, I think everybody wants to be back. Uh, everybody wants to be back. Everybody wants to get going with things, and 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 we're fully moving in that direction. So, I, I don't know what it's going to end up being like. I know that a lot of schools are making. We've seen, we've heard everything from we're back to everything from you know in the California system saying we're all online, right? Yeah, everything's online. They've already said it. And then we've seen everything from schools announcing that if we don't come back in our normal form, then we're closing our doors. I mean, we've heard that across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think, I don't think as, a, as an institution, we're ready to take either one of those extraneous stances. But, um, you know, we're going to do the right thing and, and, and hopefully get back to it and love doing it. So it's tough, tough, tough situation. No one can predict the future right now. Um, so, uh, again, bouncing around a little bit. So with that being said, how, you know, maybe Ryan, you can chime in on this one. How are you guys interacting with your student athletes, um, in a time that is so uncertain, you know, it's like, you don't know if you're going to be back or not. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, uh, it's actually kind of unique in some ways because you're talking in different ways now right so we're talking over text phone call facetime uh zoom calls we've had a couple zoom calls um with our student athletes and with prospective student athletes too right with recruits and uh things of that nature um but i mean i've been talking to some of our guys maybe more now than i would have um if they were on campus right and even our ladies as well uh so i'm able to kind of uh reach out to them now more and kind of talk about school and how they're doing with things to kind of just kind of reaching out to them all the time, kind of just being available and then letting them know to reach out as well uh, and to kind of reach out to each other so that they can have their own zoom meetings with their team and kind of hang out like they would normally uh, at dinner or whatever it would be if we were all on campus. Uh, But I I mean, 
I think as far as that goes, it's, it's just trying to kind of keep everyone together. Um, let them know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. This is, I mean, it's going to work its way through eventually at some point and uh, everyone wants to be back and just kind of let that message be known and kind of uh, make sure that everyone's staying in shape, right? We're working out in some capacity uh, and then just kind of looking to make sure that our grades are solid and uh, enjoying summer now, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So back, back to more of a, maybe um, commentary looking to the future topic, you know, again, at D1 schools, they're worrying about scholarships. And we just reported that, you know, the NCAA has allowed for a flux in scholarships. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, from a D3 perspective, what does that look like for you? How is that affecting you? I know you mentioned, you know, you are enrollment driven and there are so many athletes on campus. Um, So, you know, how financially, um, how might that affect you? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, we, we're fortunate. I mean, we're, we're one of the few institutions that are actually up in uh, recruiting over a year ago in terms of our freshman class. And I don't mean just swimming. I'm talking about the institution in general. We're actually running about 13% over last year right now. So whereas most institutions um, and we break and, you know, we, we break it down by Northeast, Midwest, et cetera, et cetera. And most institutions in the Midwest are actually um, below last year. So they're, they're having negative enrollment returns versus a year ago. And we, we measure that by deposits, the number of deposits that you have. Um, we're fortunate that we're one of the few that are up and we're, we're, we're excited about that. Uh, so for us, I think the outlook, the future is, is very bright. Um, but of course, you know, if the fall doesn't work out like we're, we're hoping, then who knows what's going to happen. Um, but we, you know, I think all schools are investing in their, their prospective students, meaning that, you know, we're, we, we're certainly giving scholarships and, you know, we can't do it in the way that division ones and division twos can. But, you know, when a student comes to us and applies uh, here at Franklin College, 100% of the students get scholarships and grant aid to, to attend here. So every student will receive some some form of financial aid. And that's a combination of both state aid, uh, federal aid, and institutional aid. So um, we look at every student individually. We work with every student individually. And um, I think that that has been a big benefit to us. And quite frankly, our our geographic location, we're only 20 miles outside of Indianapolis. And that geographic location, I think, is this is – kind of a supposition, but I mean, I believe that that has aided us because, you know, 20% of students, according to some recent studies, changed their mind. They either changed their mind that they weren't going to go to their original school of choice or not going to go to college at all next year. They were going to take a gap year. And because of the side effects and consequences of the coronavirus. So when, when someone says, well, I'm going to stay a little closer to home, that I think works to advantage of a school like us, who's close to a metropolitan type area. So, um, I, you know, maybe we reaped some reward from that. Um, but, um, I do think that we offer a, a, a combination of high athletics and high academics as a private institution. And you couple that with a great geographic location and maybe that was a recipe for success, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so 
coming from my D2 background, and uh, I have a brother who's swimming uh, in the D1 world as well, and uh, just kind of just being like, so if I was still at Adelphi and I was swimming there during this time, you know, there'd be all this anxiety because you, you don't know what's going on, right? No one knows if we're going to come back to school. And if you don't go back to school, well, then why would my swimming scholarship still be up for grabs or why would it still be there? And you're just kind of thinking about these things. Whereas at a school like Franklin, you know, that's just not really a question uh, just because um, you're not on a athletic scholarship. You're here to go to school and then swimming is kind of a side effect of that. And, um, but you're still getting a good scholarship because of all the funding and all of these, these different types of things. So uh, I think in that regard, being in the division three world, it's just a little bit less anxiety when it comes to money, just because uh, it's not so dependent on football or uh, other things happening. Just really just the school running is going to allow all our sports programs to kind of keep running as well. So that brings up an interesting point, <clears throat> which is, um, again, not, not to be doing too negative, but you know, uh, sports teams getting cut are, are big reality yeah. right now. And yeah. so that isn't, uh, let me, let me put it in question form. Is that a concern at all for you guys? No, no, not at all. Matter of fact, the opposite, as I said, we athletics, they work hand in hand. <clears throat> so we I hate to say it in terms of we need athletics. It, it's not that. It's, it, it's, it's that symbiotic kind of relationship. One, one almost doesn't exist without the other at, at, at an institution like this. And, and, you know, certainly our success is built over, you know, since, you know, the 1800s of, of, of offering a high-level private education. That's, that's where it all stems from. And, you know, as Ryan said, being a, a, an NCAA athlete, is a privilege on top of that. So for us, it doesn't matter because the funding is there. It's funding is there anyway, because again, it's tuition driven, not driven through uh, contracts, you know, um, television agreements and yep. things like that. I mean, we, we don't get the football revenue, for example, doesn't change here at all. So we aren't dependent on that at all. Um, and, and it's, I think in this case, in this, in a strange way, it gives us a pretty distinct advantage. We have no fear of cutting sports because we will need every sport we have. And we've seen it already here in Indiana. Unfortunately, we've seen a men's soccer program get cut recently at a division one institution. We've seen tennis get cut. We've seen swim teams get cut. Well, you, you know, you probably get to feed every day on the swim programs that are, I mean, it's, yeah. we, we love swimming. You know, we have a saying, our, our team colors here are blue and gold. And we have a saying, bleed blue, swim for gold. It is our, it is our moniker of our team. And, and our team members know what that means beyond the simple phrase. It has a very deep meaning, each, each part of that phrase. And, um, you know, to, to understand the importance of that is, is great here, but it's bigger than that. Even it's it's so important to us as 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 people of the swimming community that we don't lose swimming programs across the nation. And if if it takes each one of us to to step up and try to save programs like we've done many times, I could name I could name teams right that have been saved over the years because because our swimming community as a whole stepped up right. 
And, um, you know, we may, we, we may need more of that, you know, we'll see, we'll see. So that brings up an interesting point. Um, so do you guys think, uh, that, you know, if a D one program or the D one model were to adopt a more of a, of a D three philosophy, whereas you had a lot more students, um, playing sports, you know, do you think that could help? A, do you think that model where you guys have a thousand students and you have 35, 40% um, students or athletes, do you think that model could work on a big scale university and that would make it more secure or, or just have benefits in general? I mean, it's all scalable. I mean, you know, an institution of 40,000 students, you're not going to, you're not going to have 20,000 students, right. Or, you know, or 15,000 students or or athletes, excuse me, Mm -hmm. as a, to to equal any, any percentage, it's going to make that big of a difference. I think that, um, you know, schools will continue to analyze division one schools and, and large schools. I shouldn't even just say division one, but large schools. I think they're going to continue to take a very hard look at, at the dollars and cents of things. And, um, you know, you, you know, the swim swam had even posted the article that we all, we've all seen that some of the power conferences had, had lobbied the NCAA to, to relax the minimum number of sports. Mm-hmm. And the NCAA, I think came back with an, an appropriate response and, 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 you know, it's, um, it's, I don't think possible that you can get to a point at an institution of 10, 20, 30, 40,000 students, that athletics is going to be scalable to where it makes enough of a difference financially. So it really is going to be um, an investment. Is it seen as an investment? And and what value does that bring to each institution? Um, I hate to put words on anybody's mouth because I tell you, even administrators, I, I they are facing some tough, tough times right now. And, um, I don't think anybody wants, nobody sitting in their chair in their office and says, well, I'm going, I'm going to cut this sport. I mean, you know, people aren't wanting to cut sports. Um, you know, we, as a, as a public love it, we love swimming. We love basketball. We love football. We want to, we want to watch it. We want to be part of it and uh, we want to be fans. And, um, and I think that schools will do what they can. And sometimes push comes to shove though. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, depending on what happens in the fall, I think all schools are going to have to start kind of figuring out uh, if a enrollment-based model could work. And I'm sure there's people that are way more capable and smarter than myself to figure out those numbers just because I'm sure there's a lot of numbers that go into that and kind of understanding, well, what works? You know, there's so much money uh, that go into scholarship funding and uh, travel funding and all these different things that all these teams have. And um, so I think that uh, it's really going to kind of – come to probably the tip of the iceberg probably this fall right if football goes through and then that's going to be something that uh schools and the ncaa as a whole is going to have to kind of look at and kind of see what's going on yeah so as do do you think that your um do you think that students are happier being student athletes i guess maybe not from a financial perspective, but you know, if you had a bigger, a bigger percentage at larger universities of, of students participating in some sort of athletics, do you think that would, uh, would help them just in general, um, you know, providing 
coaching jobs and providing students with a little more structure? You know, what do you, what do you see um, as the benefits of so many of your students being student athletes? You know, I, your point is well put and well taken. I think it's about engagement. It doesn't have to be about sports. Mm-hmm. I think it's about finding your passions, whether that is um, being in a choir or being in student government. That is the key to having a, an immersive experience at your institution, whether that be Franklin College or, or wherever, is, uh, is having an immersive experience where you get involved. The more you get involved, the more you're going to be connected. The more you're connected, the more vested interest you have, and then we will be more successful. So because you'll have that support group, and certainly athletics brings that. I mean, we we have a very, very close team ourselves, and they support each other in every way. Um, But I will say, on the flip side of that, one of the really – awesome things about being an IU student myself. I remember, you know, going to, I remember when, you know, Damon Bailey and Calvert Chaney and those guys played the Fab Five at Michigan. I was on the fourth row, you know, as a student. And I mean, I'll never forget that. So the fandom of being a student at a place like that is amazing. And um, so, so I don't think you necessarily have to be an athlete, but there are definitely benefits to to being one. Um, and you hear, you know, you hear people like I've often asked questions by recruits and, and, and prospective students is, you know, how you balance being an athlete and, and a student at the same time. And, and honestly, you know, I, I've always believed you can have your cake and eat it too. You can, you can be great at both by, you know, managing your time and um, having a good support network there. Athletics is wonderful. And if you find the right program, if you, if you connect with the right coach and the right team and the right school without letting money be the main driver for that decision, and that's the mistake a lot of people make, they let money be the main driver. If you find the right place, you'll have a wonderful experience and the support network you'll have will, will, will give you much more success, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, so to Coach Hendrick's point there is really kind of just talking about do what you're passionate about, right? So whether that's being a, a student athlete or not, if I'm ever talking to a family friend or even just a recruit that we have now and they're kind of maybe questioning whether or not they want to swim in college or do a sport in college or whatever it is, well, it's what are you passionate about? I mean, are, are you going to be miserable going to practice every day and are you, are you truly not going to like it or are you going to enjoy it and you might have to work hard? It might be a little difficult, but at the end of the day, when you have that meet in February, you're just like the happiest person in the world, right? Because all that hard work paid off. So just kind of, um, kind of finding your passion and whatever that is, like, like coach said, being in the choir, being in a play or whatever it is. And I mean, and the great thing about a school like Franklin is you can do both. We had a student this year that was in a play and was also a swimmer. So, uh, you have the ability to do both, um, at a school like this too, just because of that small, um, kind of family environment that we have all throughout campus. But, um, I personally would always say be a student athlete. It's great sports are great college sports are awesome uh i enjoy it you know it's in my family now at this point so uh, that's my personal opinion but i love sports <laughs> <laughs> well awesome uh i think that's a good place to end uh thank you so much andy and ryan for your time yeah. this was a truly enlightening conversation yeah it's great thank you so much yeah i mean 
I reached out to you, Coleman, to uh, do a practice and pancakes back back a while ago. But I guess this is, you know, with what we got right now, I'll take this. You know, this is great. I've, I love Swim Swam and what you guys are doing. So this is awesome. Yeah, Swim Swam is wonderful. Keep doing what you're doing, Coleman. It's great. We all, we're all watching. We're all paying attention. So. Oh, I, I, I very much appreciate that. And trust me, um, yeah. I am the first person to tell you that as soon as I can start getting out there and eating pancakes again, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm doing it. All right, man. Spread the word. Go, like grid. go grid. Bleed blue. Swim for gold. We'll see you guys. There you go. Awesome. All right. Thank you. I'll All see right. you guys. Bye. Bye.